Thank you for joining another episode of Tech and Main Presents, where we bring you the best insights from today's leaders and experts in technology. Today, we will be speaking with Kevin Dominic Corta. Kevin, welcome to the Tech and Main Presents podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are welcome. You are welcome. As I said before we got started, this is all about you, my friend. So why don't we start out with you sharing your background with our audience? Absolutely. I'm here in Seattle with a wonderful mountain on one side and the sea on the other, which is great because I love both hiking and sailing, which means great. And if I'm not doing that, I'm an executive at Univention and a startup investor, but both of them are like the smaller times because being a dad and having expensive hobbies both takes up a lot of time. Okay. Well, that's awesome. So you mentioned sailing and hiking. Um, with with sailing, what what kind of sailing are we talking about? Are we talking like America's Cup or are we talking, you know, just a, you know, kind of, you know, a small, smaller craft? What what exactly are we looking at from a sailing perspective? In my youth, I would have said like the hundred foot yachts. Okay. The big super yachts. Uh, now that I have kids, which are not yet the age to take them on those, it's normally the what, five yard long mini boats, which you can sail alone and maybe take the seven year old along. Tell them, okay, pull that line. No, pull, <laughs> not just hold it. <laughs> but uh, the dream is always sailing around the world once I'm retiring. Okay. Or at least once the kids out of the house. Oh, that's very cool. That's very cool. Well, well, Kevin, and I think one of the things that, you know, we always like to highlight is the fact that look, you've got an amazing background, right? You're you're doing wonderful things in your your day to day work life. But that's not all that you are, right? You are a whole person, right? You've got fantastic hobbies, you know, sailing, hiking, your family man. You know, you've got interests. And so we, we like to highlight that, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into the tech stuff. But, you know, we also like to present the fact that, you know, you have a life outside of work, right? We all do, or hopefully we are, otherwise you get into burnout and these ugly things. Exactly, exactly. So, Kevin, even with that, right, we, we, we are here to talk about your expertise and the wonderful things you're doing um, tell us a little bit about your daily work and what has you most excited about it. I think my daily work is very much in cybersecurity and especially in identity management. For people who don't know what that is, it's when you log into your computer, your username, your password, and whatever else is required. That's what users think for admin. It's making sure that that same username is not just used for your computer, but it's also used for your email, for your scheduling software, for your CRM. And that once you leave the company, all of that gets thrown away as well, because that's kind of the big security risk. Whoever has heard about Cash App knows that it's a great way into a company to just find someone who worked there five years ago. Exactly, exactly. So. You're you're in cybersecurity. You're you're helping with identity and access management. What 
helps differentiate you from say you know a, a similar company you know what 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 makes you what's what's your special sauce if you will i think the big special sauce is ease of usage if you ever ask an it admin whether they like doing identity management the answer is a resounding no because <laughs> it's data entry it's often tedious work and it's if it's not well done you have to do it again and again for the same person so we really built on okay break it down to three questions break it down to an interface which you can say hey you know your hr people have to touch that person or talk to that person anyway so why don't you put his name in there and then print out the password for him that way he doesn't have to wait till one of us has time to work and this kind of ease of use the pushing it off to someone who is mentally closer to a new applicant because it's the other thing if you're new in a company you don't really want to run to five different people and say hey i'm new here i have some extra work for you and oh you're looking at me like you're already killing me for bringing you that stupid work here so that's the other thing which makes it easy to push it off making the people comfortable with being in there and making processes easy and that's what differentiates us that kind of make it easy for everyone oh you know and and it's so that 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 brings up you know an interesting point right and it's you know what are what are the major issues facing your clients and so you 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 even helped you know answer that question there's 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 probably friction right like you said who who in in anyone's you know IT department wants to deal with identity management and like you said the answer is a resounding no so you know i mean that's obviously a major issue would would you say there are some other issues that come up along those lines i think often integration from a user point of view the I think the statistic is that 40% of American workers would rather do something else than a high value task where they have to enter a password. So single sign on, I think it's at 20% of the company. So you see the kind of the disconnect between what people want when they work somewhere and what IT provides. And it's again the comfort point and the where is the psychology and I think in IT, we value the human factor or what people like to call th that squishy thing between keyboard and chair a lot less than what we should do and what we should focus on because it's really easy to throw a diagram and say, okay, the computer behaves very predictable. So I can secure it like that. I secure it like that. Then you have the executive who glues the password to the back of the phone and loses the phone in the subway. Right? Damn it! How do I fix that? Exactly, exactly. And so, that's that is the that is the age old question, right? You know how how do we make IT usable, right? How do how do we go from being, you know, the no police, right? Always telling people no, and how how do we how do we enable? and and make things better for the organization and and really 
that's that's exactly you know what we've been talking about and and folks don't get it twisted ease of use right you know three three simple words you know e ease of use when you when you are that new employee that Kevin was talking about right you just got your badge you just got you know the 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 onboarding website right so you're going to web portals you've got all of these different things going on the last thing you need is another hurdle right to that already huge learning curve of being you know employee number 1050 at a company right kevin you you you've already got enough on your plate it's not just for the new employee just think you're having a great run well, you at your podcast, you booked four people you really want to have on there. And then you say, like, okay, let me put it into the scheduling. You log into your scheduling software, and then you sit there with your phone waiting. When is that two-factor code coming? And then you realize, oh, somehow I don't have a connection. Ah, uh, oh, finally, bing. And then you're already out of the zone. You're mentally maybe already at the next thing. And then you sit there. Wait, did he agree for Monday afternoon or did he agree for Friday morning? Which one agreed for which? And that's uh, the same for everyone, whether you do programming or whether you do talking to clients. These kind of breaks, especially the ones where you kind of actively, nervously wait for something, they're great for forgetting things because you don't actively want to take a break, but your mind starts wondering. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, being able to help solve, you know, the issues around, you know, integration and, you know, adoption. Again, you, you, you cannot put a price tag on that. And so I think that is, you know, wonderful that you're able to provide that for your, for your clients. Let me ask you this. Um, what, what types of clients are the best for you? So let's, you know, let's say we're, we're list, you know, let, let's say we have a, a future referral partner listening, right? What, what sorts of clients can they bring to you, Kevin? Actually, our software is very adaptable, but what we like to work with is the mid-sized client, somewhere 500 to 5,000 employees with quite a software zoo, really. So and diverse softwares, grown IT, that's that's this part where we have fun working with them, but which also get lots of benefits. And in an age where you still need to find your good people, making sure they have fun with the clients, that's important. Um, otherwise, for smaller ones, we generally have channel partners, which are also great for us to work with, but which also provide kind of the added benefits for our for their clients that they. Normally, they're not just the identity management provider, but they then do email, they set up hardware. And that's why we generally don't work with the smaller ones unless they have a real special needs, because you just want someone who takes care of you then if you don't have a full-fledged IT department. Exactly, exactly. No, that's, that, that's, that's good insight, and I appreciate you sharing that. All right, so Kevin, let's, let's talk to some of the young people out there. And, and these can be you know, young in age or young at heart. Uh, but what, what advice would you give someone looking at a career in technology? I think 
one of the advice for careers in technology is don't let technology overwhelm your learning. A lot of the people who come, who apply for our programmer jobs and even some of the non-technical positions or, and but yeah, so both technical, non-technical come in with strong technology backgrounds and then they sit in front of me. Um, yeah, I like Python. Um, and I have beautiful feet here. Oh, there's someone sitting across from me. I think learning how to communicate, learning how to speak and learning how to be confident in what you say, it's a bigger value for careers, especially if you're young and don't have hands-on experience, but rather book experience or college experience. Building that confidence, building the ability to build relations, to connect with people. That's something we don't teach enough. We don't learn enough. And I think people should focus on if they want to jump into the career. And it's always then beautiful if you see someone young and sitting across from you and take, okay, I want to start a job, but at least look into your eyes. I'm ready to talk to you and not just read out to talk to the table, read out my CV. So anyone who is young and trying to start for it, work on the soft skills, the hard skills, you'll get them anyways. Our other tech and our quality assurance people will make sure of that. Look, and and it's it is so it's so funny, Kevin, because I've 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 been in meetings where, you know, just as you said, you know, people are you know, they're either not on camera or if they are, you know, they're not looking directly into the camera or if you know i mean since it's post pandemic you know we're, we're we're meeting a lot more in person again and and still you know and i'll and i'll just say this you know um practice what it is you want to do what do you mean by that sean well i'm glad you asked audience here's exactly what i mean by that you heard kevin mention you know don't look down at the table or don't look down at your cv when you're across from someone, right? So how would you practice that? I'll give you a very simple example. When you're out eating at a restaurant and you're not by yourself and you're with other people, that's where you get to practice. Put your phone down. Look at the person across the table from you. It's probably someone that you wanna be there with anyway, like you know, mom, dad, or you know, your significant other. These are the opportunities for you to practice exactly what Kevin's talking about, right? Um, because if you're not practicing it, those things are what we call habits. And habits tend to show up everywhere, right? So if you're not used to looking at people or you know, you're not used to putting your phone down and not being distracted, chances are you're not gonna do that, you know, or you're, it's not gonna be muscle memory for you when you're sitting in front of Kevin and he's, you know, asking you to, you know, tell him about yourself or if he's asking you, you know, what, you know, what projects have you worked on recently? Um, that's, you know, just a, a minor uh, tweak to the excellent thing that that Kevin shared. Likewise, uh, as a Toastmaster, I say join Toastmaster and practice of public speaking. 
And for the ones who are young at heart and rejoining, I think my favorite tip is please uninstall PowerPoint from your computer. That's uh, the, the big thing about any kind of in-person meeting. I'm not there to look at your slides. I can download them probably as well. So see and and again that's a that's another free tip toastmasters um i haven't been a member of toastmasters in years but there are still so many wonderful tips and techniques to speaking and presenting toastmasters is a low cost um high benefit investment you know, in your public speaking and presentation skills. So couldn't, couldn't recommend that high enough. And, you know, certainly the, the, the PowerPoint um, presentation tip is, uh, you know, is, is definitely on point. All right. So Kevin, let's, let's do this. Let's find out a little bit more about you personally. And I'm going to ask you to name your favorite musician or band. Despite not being that old, I'm really into 80s music. So Meatloaf, Von Halen, uh, Rush. Okay. okay. Ones that yeah, come to yeah, mind yeah. There. Awesome. Good choices. Good choices. How about a favorite hobby or pastime? Spending time with kids is one thing. Sailing, of course, the other. Generally being in nature, whether it's hiking, gardening, anything which doesn't have a screen, really. Because I get enough screen time at work. Well, and and honestly, being in Seattle, Kevin, yeah, I would, I would not be indoors hardly ever. I mean, I would obviously you got to sleep, right? So, you know, <laughs> sleeping and eating. But yeah, to I mean, just that the Pacific Northwest is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, we have a good luck with the nature around here. For sure, for sure. All right, Kevin, what about a favorite place to visit on vacation? That's a hard one because there's a lot of places which I like to travel to, but I still like. I think the one dream was, as I said, is sailing really around the world, visiting all the exotic port locations of all the exotic countries and spending time on the water and learning that. Um, Otherwise, if it's something close by, I love the trip down 101, driving down the Oregon coast, down to San Francisco. That's uh, one of the other things where you have to the water and you have to, all the things to visit and all the natural things to see. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What teacher at any level, Kevin, has had the greatest impact on you? That's... Uh, hard one i have many teachers which i probably have forgotten by now which might have inspired me one way or the other but always in kind of that little building blocks i think the biggest teacher is of course life <laughs> life experience and then i think i had two mentors named peter who really shaped my growth and when helped me grow up into the executive position and now because once i came over from the us i was like well okay i'm here there's the phone customers will call me 
kind of the, the idea which lots of tech people have about what sales and what marketing do is they sales just sit there and wait for someone to call to buy. And uh, yeah, my CEO, Peter Ganten, really shaped me and helped me. And then, yeah, with A-Plan Coaching, Peter helped me grow into like, yeah, be confident with yourself, reach out. So both of them probably have shaped me in ways which I wouldn't have thought beforehand. And then, of course, my two sons are probably also great teachers because you learn a lot about patience and about speaking at a level where kids understand it, which you don't really think about if you're a tech guy, because people will always say like, yeah, okay, I'm going to look up what you said. And maybe that's also something to tell other ones, be confident and when you when you don't understand something, just ask. Because mm. kids aren't shy to say, what do you mean? No, look, that is, you know, as, um, as the husband of a teacher and the father of a teenager, um, yeah, questions are, I mean, that's, that's how you grow, right? Um, so yeah, when our, when our 16 year old says, Hey, what does that mean? Right. That you, you want that inquisitiveness. You, you welcome the question because that is, that's how we learn, right? That's how we grow. So, um, yeah, you never, you know, never shy away from being the person that, that asks questions. And I'll, and I'll say this, Kevin, I think, um, question ask, question asking has gotten a bad rap, right? What I mean by that is people think that there's some sort of, you know, you're, you're ready for a fight or there's some sort of contention that comes with questions. And, and let's dispel that myth. Right. Questions are a sign of someone paying attention and wanting more information. I, I think we, we've given it a bad rep because we, we so strongly believe in facts right now. It's a fact, take it. Versus uh, if, if you have a kid there, why? It's just a fact. Why? And I think in the workplace, okay, it's a fact. Okay, I'll walk away from here. And and this kind of asking question, being inquisitive, that's how, how you learn. And that's also how the person who answers it learns because damn it, now I have to think about why it actually is the reason. And I have to maybe also brush up on my rhetoric skills of explaining it and convincing someone of it. Versus if I say, it's a fact that it's like that, like done. Don't ask any more questions. And in, in the workplace, that then you get like, okay, I'm the tiny one. I don't want to ask him more questions. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. I'm quietly quitting. Let me find someone else, some some other job. And, and and Kevin, that's exactly what happens, right? You you shut it down. You're the director. You're the CEO. You're, you know, the senior vice president. And so, based on title, we come at the person, and we do minimize them. We make them feel small. We squash any sort of, you know, back and forth, right? Feedback, question and answer. Like, nope, that's just the way it is. And so then you look up. And you're like, wait a minute, I haven't seen Sean in a long time. Where, where is Sean? Oh, he's over at Vanta now. 
wait a minute, what? When did that happen? And 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 that's the thing. You 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 squash that person's zeal and their passion. Kevin, let's let's be honest, right? Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going on a bunch of different rabbit trails here, but I I will also say this. It's it's one of the reasons why I think companies are doing themselves a disservice by mandating that people come back to the office, right? There is there is a certain level of autonomy and productivity that people have gotten used to, and you know, this is this is me, Sean, talking. I am not speaking on behalf of any guest or on behalf of any organization. This is strictly my opinion, right? But I've interviewed almost 200 people for this podcast, and I think I, you know, have a pretty good understanding of, especially, you know, coming out of the pandemic, people around the world were able to contribute significantly to organizations, especially on the security side, right? And these people didn't live in Montreal. They didn't live in Miami, right? They're, they were global. And I think in addition to giving people their voice and letting their voice be heard and letting them ask questions, there's also got to be some freedom to stay remote. But again, that's just my opinion. I think as someone who's working with a lot of startups, which some who have offices and office only, and some which are completely remote and work in a company which is hybrid, I think it's a lot more to do with the culture, whether it's right for a company to be in an office or to be hybrid or to be remote. And I think first comes the culture and then you have people who want to do it. So I've, I've one startup which has office is optional but if if i go in there and the the lady who, who runs it or who's the ceo was a mentee of mine they're like yeah we are hybrid but everyone relocates here to our office or to our area because just the culture is so much stronger and that's the same with okay in the the hybrid companies who are who are actually hybrid they have a strong hybrid culture and it might even be that some teams are fully remote and some teams are on premises and that way they're hybrid. The problem with the big corporations who mandate now back to office is that at the start of the pandemic, they didn't have any culture. So it was really up to the individual manager at team level or at group level even to, to build that culture. Some didn't succeed and the teams are like, okay, yeah, we're happy to come back into the office because our working together is stronger. Other teams were successful. And then you have the teams who, who managed the transition successfully, who were productive, see it now as being something being taken away versus the teams who were unsuccessful and who quite honestly are probably the ones who flash up at the top level because they don't reach productivity marks. They are now the ones, okay, we can get 20% more out of the team if we go back into the office, multiply that across all teams, and then it becomes a number and they don't see that some teams managed it successfully. And that's kind of the problem that if you're big and everyone is just a number or statistics, you sometimes don't have enough time and data to drill down to, okay, does it make sense to 
give everyone the same thing. Oh, Kevin, that is, um, man, you are a really good guest, Kevin. I, I, I love the ability to just be able to kind of, you know, go on a tangent. And you, you gave such a phenomenal answer, right? Culture first. And, and, and I think that that's what we need to hear and be reminded of, right? Um, so whether it's, you know, Univision, like, like, you know, wherever you are working, right? Um, you need to make sure that the culture is always primary. Culture and then the example set by everyone above. That way it trickles down and it's not like, okay, here's a mandate. Let's build a culture to fulfill the mandate. That's more, okay, we have our culture, 90% make it. And then if we have to force the last 10%, that's then to make make the culture whole or you have to say, sorry, you don't fit in. But you can't start with, here's the mandate and then everyone has to confirm to it. You yeah. So our culture is completely different than the mandate. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. All right, Kevin, I've got one last question for you, my friend. And it is, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? I think there are two advice that I would give myself. One is saying no is perfectly fine. You don't have to say yes to everything. And I, the second one is asking someone for a favor doesn't mean you have to repay it. It's just people like being asked for favors. That would be the two advice which I would give my 18-year-old self and everything else will come naturally anyways. Oh, those are two seriously good pieces of advice, Kevin Corda. That is that is good, good advice, man. Yeah, it's you know, saying saying no is 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 powerful, right? N no is a complete sentence, Kevin. And it's often we we're too much focused if we say no we don't have the opportunity or someone will feel hurt about us saying no and, and many things it's okay it's a no i'll go ask someone else or i'll ask for a reason as it's few people say okay he said no i will never talk to you again it is just us feeling like it okay if i don't give him that favor he'll say no but as was asking was a favor, it's like, oh, thanks for asking, but no. That's, right. And um, and and just to yeah, and just to, you know, bring home the point about favors, you know, I, I think that is, you know, if if you have a good relationship, right? Or even if you have, you know, a, a casual relationship, like I I I never understood where um, you know, there's this whole Oh, hey, I'll get you next time. No, you don't have to. Like, it's, it's, it, it doesn't, it's not um, tit for tat. It's not, you know, hey, Kevin, you, you paid for lunch last time. I'll pay for lunch this time. It, it doesn't have to be that weird, right? It, it can very much be, 
you know what? It's it's Kevin, I'm just happy to see you, man. And every time I get to spend time with you, it's a joy, right? It's a treat. And so who cares who ends up paying for lunch? It's about the relationship. That and it's also a bit of okay, I don't want to waste time keeping scores. Because if, if I start, okay, he paid for lunch, I have to pay next time, then I'm already putting up the pressure. Okay, I have to find a lunch which is roughly equal in value. And <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I can't go with, can't take him to my favorite restaurant because it would be $10 cheaper. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and going back to what we talked about earlier, just kind of coming full circle, right? ease of use, right? Ease of use in your business life, ease of use in your personal life, Kevin. Um, let's just keep things simple. That's, I think, a perfect and let's keep it simple and straightforward. Exactly. Well, Kevin, I have thoroughly enjoyed your company today on the podcast. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Thank you so much for having me. I really loved your show. Oh, I appreciate it. Kevin, before we let you go, my friend, what is the best way for people to get in contact with you? I think LinkedIn is the one where I'm most active and most likely to find anyone and where you're most likely to find me as well. Okay. Well, we will for sure have your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. But again, Kevin, thank you for the honor of your time. Thanks so much. And Tekame Presents family thank you as always for listening and be sure to tune in next time when we will have another technology expert share their wisdom goodbye for now